How many of you have a passport? Okay, some of you have a passport. Okay, so um, the passport is a proof of what? Citizenship. Exactly. And this is a legal document, has your, you know, picture in it. And when you, you are allowed to leave the country and go into other countries if you have a what? Passport, okay? And then you can get stamps and, you know, fortunate, uh, and then come back. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, so I've been to Nicaragua. I'm not bragging. I'm just, I'm using it as an illustration. Ni Oh, a receipt. Instituto Nicaraguizin de Turismo. Um, I, I've been in Nicaragua, um, Costa Rica, Jamaica. Um, been in three countries in Europe. And um, when I was in college, our choir toured in uh, Germany and Austria and Switzerland. And at that time, this is how old I am, Germany was divided into East and West Germany. And we went to Berlin, we went to the wall, and we went through their checkpoint so that we could sing in East Berlin. It was a, a very sobering experience. They told us guards with rifles will come on the bus. They will walk up and down and they will stare you down. Do not look suspicious. And do not take out a camera. If you take out a camera, they will empty the bus and they'll empty every belonging you have and search. Um, as we were sitting there um, waiting to be approved to go through, you could see through the windows the fence and the no man's land where people had been shot for trying to escape when they were, when the decree was coming down and Germany was being divided. It was very sobering. So we were very glad to have a passport and be a U.S. citizen. And it's not unlike spiritual warfare. Are you a citizen of the kingdom of God? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ as, his, as the son or daughter of God in Christ? Do you belong to him and do you belong to his kingdom? The, you can say yes or you can say I'm not sure or I want to. This, it could be any of those. Or, you know, as, as these beautiful songs, Kendra, that you led today, it's not... What I feel, would you say that? It's not, it's what is true. And my feelings are not the one that dictates to me. It's the word of God that dictates to me what is true. Can you say amen? And so my passport is right here in my hand. I can touch it, I can take it out, I can look at it. It's, it's that tangible and real. But you have a spiritual passport. Now, you can't take it out and hold it, although you might have a piece of paper that declares when it occurred. But you have a spiritual passport that signifies that you have been transferred from the kingdoms of this world, according to Colossians 1.15, to, to the kingdom of the Son. 
You're no longer a citizen of the world. You're no, you are now a citizen of the kingdom that is coming, that is not yet fully come, but is already now being demonstrated, experienced in the world. What is your spiritual passport? Anybody want to take a guess? Yeah, it's not a trick question. I didn't mean to, to, all those are wonderful things. Everything that you said is wonderful. Your water baptism. Your water baptism. Now, nobody carries around their baptismal certificate. Were you thinking that? Oh, I see. okay. So nobody carries it around, right? But that signifies that you're no longer belonging to and underneath the government of the world system. I mean, the spiritual government, the powers of darkness and principalities that rule in the air. You're not under that anymore. You're under the kingdom of God. You're a prince. You're a princess. You're a son. You're a daughter. And you have rights and privileges. Now, when um, our kids were little, we went to uh, Rikers Island. Have you been, been to Staten Island? I mean, Rikers Island? Uh, Statue of Liberty. How many of you have been in the Statue of Liberty? Or, or, okay. Everybody knows what took place on Rikers Island? Am I saying it's not Rikers Island? It's not. That's a prison. <laughs> Ellis Ellis Island. Yeah, Rikers Island is a prison. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how, how many have been there? Uh, you have. Yeah, you grew up in New York. It's a sobering. It's very sobering. You walk through Ellis Island and they have these pictures of masses of immigrants coming with, you know, bags of, of their belongings, uh, you know, just what they can carry on their back. And they have to go through um, all these. Uh, they have to be medically screened and they have to um, answer questions and they have to go through this process. And then that's just to be allowed into the country as a guest. And then to become a citizen, to take the oath of citizenship, to be sworn in as an American citizen, to raise their hand and to take the oath of citizenship, to ag agree to adhere to the laws, to agree to the Constitution, to follow the government's stipulations and to uphold the Constitution and to be a good citizen is a sobering thing. It's lost on, on um, you know, those of us who've been here for generations, we don't, it, was, it was just, it was mind-blowing to be there and try to imagine and watch the videos and think about this, you know, the, what the Statue of Liberty represented. And today, you know, there's so much negativity and so much familiarity, and we've lost so much of that. And, of course, yeah, America's made many mistakes. America has always made a mistake, made mistakes. Every country has because there is so much influence of the present world and darkness and the corruption of the generations in from, from one age to the next. But that's not what, that's not what the, the country was founded on. The country was founded on a, a oh, I'm getting off the subject. Let me, I don't even want to go there. Look, I want to go, I want, I want us to know and to believe that we are citizens of the kingdom and we have a passport that is a, a water baptism that declares that I have died in Christ and risen by the power of the Holy Spirit and I have a new life and his life is at work in me. And so when Jesus 
Um, Nick, Pastor Nick, two weeks ago, went through the, the, uh, the baptism of the Lord and talked about the, the wilderness temptation last week. And he said that we've started this new series about dreaming with God, daring to dream a dream. People come here with a dream. People are walking hundreds of miles, risking all kinds of dangers, abuse, violence against them from Central American countries coming up through to come to the border with a promise, with a dream, with a hope. Just like millions came through Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty. Well, they have a dream. So do you have a dream of the kingdom of God? Pastor Nick mentioned a couple of things that would might be characteristics of the kingdom here on earth as the Glory of the Lord, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk chapter 2 and quoted in the New Testament. And one was he said people would be kind. Wouldn't that be wonderful for people to just be kind? To just love one another. Wouldn't that be wonderful? We, are, we live, our passport says that we live in a world that is to come and be fully manifested where people will love one another and be kind to one another. Amen? And you are the demonstration of that now in being kind and loving one another by the love of God in your heart. Number two, people would be honest, he said. And I think of the Beatitudes, poor in spirit, meek, pure in heart, peacemakers. People, number three, people would be content in God rather than striving on their own. They'd be hungering and thirsting to know God, to walk in relationship with God. So they'd be kind, they'd be loving, they'd be honest and pure in heart. They would be hungry for God. They'd be content um, with what they have, but hungry for God. Number four, people would overcome suffering and difficulty with peace and joy, and they would forgive others rather than hold on to offenses and wounds. I'm going to say that again. People would overcome suffering with difficulty and with peace and joy And they would not be bound up by unforgiveness nor by the wounds in their soul because of what other people have done to them. Number five, we would help people become more free. We would want other people to experience the same freedom and love and joy. Can you say amen? This is, is, um, some of that is in the constitution and bylaws of the kingdom. Bob Mumford, uh, uh, beloved teacher that some of us have had the privilege of hearing and seeing and reading his books called Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Constitution and Bylaws of the Kingdom of God. But now remember, before Jesus spoke the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, he had to spend 40 days where? Matthew 4 preceded Matthew 5. And Matthew Three, his baptism preceded going into the wilderness. You can read it in Mark. You can read it in Luke, where we've been uh, beginning our series on dreaming with God. Luke chapter 3 and 4. Immediately upon being water baptized, the Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus, and the heaven was opened with the voice of the Father saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And then the Spirit drove him into the wilderness to be 
tempted and tested and to confront the devil. But our text today is Luke chapter 4, verse 14. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there. Just continuing the story, Luke chapter 4. And in verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogue, and everyone praised him. Synagogues, everyone praised him. And then he went home to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, and I said, it's Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, and he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant. And he sat down, and everyone is sitting there looking at him, waiting to see what he might say. It says the eyes were, of all were fastened on him. So he began and said, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And everybody spoke well at him, of him. And they were amazed at his gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? Hey, this is, hey, this is, our, this is our hometown boy. This is our hero here. And then Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb, and then it goes on into the conflict. And I'm, I'm not going to go there right now. But Jesus was challenging them. Look, look at me, please. Just look at me. Jesus was challenging them to live in reality. Because they were say, they, many of people uh, in Israel say, we are sons of Abraham. We are the ones who God gave the revelation to of the covenants and the temple, the promises, we're the ones. But they didn't, they weren't, they had lost sight of the dream of God. They had lost sight of why they were alive. They'd lost their why. So they didn't know who they were. I, sat, I gave a couple of ladies uh, detention this week, eighth grade ladies. I was sitting with them, talking with them. I said to one of them, you know why? You're sitting here, why I'm, I'm uh, um, disciplining you? And she said, yeah, because I'm a leader. I said, yeah, because she's had detention with me before, so she knows. If they get detention, they have to, then I get to preach to them. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't send them somewhere for detention. They stay right where they are. Now, and, and, and so the other young lady, I said, look, you're so gifted. You're a lovely young lady. I said, what do you want to do when you, when you graduate? You're going to go to high school. You know, you, you're a vocal major. You, you love to dance. What do you want to do? You want to be a vocal major? You want to, you want to, be a, you want to change your major, be a dancer? You're like, no, I, I'm just going to stay. I have to stay. I said, why are you a vocal major? Um, well, I'm probably going into more detail than I need. I just, let me just say this. I said, you don't know who you are yet. And so that's why you don't know what to do. I said, so use your voice until you know who you are. Sing. Lift up the people around you. Because when you sing, when you are on task, it raises everybody else up. I said, use your voice until you 
know who you are and what you want to do. Church, use your voice. Don't live in some unreal, superficial knowledge that I am a Christian. Live in the reality that your words have power for good or evil. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Do you complain? Do you speak negatively? Do you expect the worst thing to happen to you? <laughs> you know what that laugh means. <laughs> Sometimes, yes, right? We don't live like the citizens of the kingdom of God. We're too much influenced by what, the, what is going on around us and what the demons are speaking and whispering in our ears. Isn't that true? Oh, come on. Talk to me. Isn't that true? Look, I, you're not out chasing fantasies. You're not out trying to um, get rich on a scheme so that you can feel better about yourself. For the most part, we're just trying to survive, right? I mean, let's face it. You know, we're not trying to be, you know, famous and have all this recognition. We're not dealing at, at the degree of temptations that Jesus was. I mean, when was the last time you looked at a stone and thought, I think I'll just turn it into bread? We, we, we're, we're not tempted on that level. You know why? Come on, think about it. Why aren't you tempted to turn a stone into bread? Yeah, because we don't believe the promises of God. We don't believe what God says. I mean, did Jesus say you could speak to this little anthill and maybe it will move someday if you blow on it hard enough? Did he say that? Did he say maybe if you just wish and wish and wish and pray and fast and read the Bible and think and think and think and try and try and try, you can move that leaf from here to there. Did he say that? He said, speak to this mountain and it will be cast into the sea. Well, I don't believe that. <laughs> you know what, though? We sing an old song from the prophets. This mountain shall be removed. This mountain shall be removed. This mountain shall be removed by the Spirit of the Lord. Anybody remember that song? I don't even know if I'm singing it right. Um, with shouts of grace to it. Now look, we all have mountains, and we've all been in the wilderness. I don't know if you ever felt like the Holy Spirit, hey, come on in, get in, get in, I'm going to give you a ride somewhere. Oh, good, Holy Spirit, oh, good. Where are we going? Oh, just, just get in, I'll tell you. You might want to fasten your seatbelt. You might want to get ready. In fact, you might not even want to look out the windows where I'm taking you. Okay, we're there, you can get out, uh, but there's nothing here. I don't see anything. Uh, there's wild animals here. Oh, yeah, this is the right place. Yeah, but wh um, where's the nice restaurant? Where's the hotel and my comfortable bed and my familiar bed? Oh, no, no, this is it. This is welcome to the wilderness. I don't want to be in the wilderness. Can we, get, uh, can we go back? If we go back, you will miss the power of the Holy Spirit. You can go ahead and live but you will live a substandard Christian life because you will not know that you have authority to confront the devil. That's what Pastor Nick preached last week. You have authority to confront the devil and say, devil, I hear what you're saying. I know there's a little bit of truth in it. 
I, I, I understand that. But let me tell you the rest of the story. I am a son of God. I'm a daughter of the Most High. And he, and then you begin to quote the scripture the way he reveals it to you. For example, in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 or somewhere in there. Behold, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. What a great verse. I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. I give you dunamis power over all that would-be influence of the devil with his lies. Or, um, there's so many. I, I, you know, in, in Ephesians. Um, able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we are able to ask or imagine according to the, you know what comes next? According to the mighty power that works in us. Up, 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 up. Where is that? Ephesians, is it one or two? One. Um, but I'm bum. You know, uh, um, oh my goodness. It's, uh, his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength. I'm in verse 20, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power. Who, now look, he's describing Christ's power, but who's he describing in, is in Christ? Us. And he's describing that this power is in you. You know, sometimes we have to sing it until we dwell in it. Kendra, I'm glad you didn't just sing those verses once. You know, you're the way maker. You're the, I'm, I'm glad we sang that over again because sometimes you got to sing it more and more. Sometimes you have to meditate in it. And meditation means you don't just skip over it. It means you stay there. The way a dog chews a bone. You ever see a dog chew a bone? And he kind of mutters to himself. What he's saying is, oh, this is so good. Mm, this is so good. I'm just going to, I'm just and, and then uh, we have two dogs in our house and, and several bones. But sometimes one is missing. And so then there's only one bone. <laughs> and the dog, one dog will see the other dog. And so he starts to come over to see if he can get some of that bone. <laughs> so sometimes, look, you got to growl at the at the demons. You say, get out of here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You just got to say, get out, get out of here. And says, oh, Jesus, please help me. I just, I, I'm so, I'm under the circumstances. I, I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances. You know the saying. What are you doing under the circumstances? What are you doing down there? Man, sometimes I think we just got to growl at it. Get out of here. Get out of here. Be gone. In the name of Jesus, be quiet. Leave me alone. Get out of here. How many of you have done that? Raise your hand. I've done that. I go, yeah, you've done that. All right. <laughs> I'm laughing because I, I have no idea wh what else I might say out of these wonderful pages of notes I have. <laughs> now, now remember, God spoke out loud publicly over his son. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. How much had Jesus done 
up till that time in terms of public ministry? Nothing. The only thing he had done publicly that we know of is he had a sleepover with, he had a sleepover with the Pharisees and the scribes. You remember that? He was about 11 or 12 years old and he had a sleepover. Yeah. They, they, they invited him to stay and he was asking them questions like, um, possibly like, um, who, is, who is Psalm 22 talking about where it describes um, the crucifixion of that almost a thousand years before it ever occurred? Who's, who, who, is it? Who's, who is the prophet Isaiah talking about when he talked about the, the suffering servant and by his stripes we are healed and the chastisement of our peace is upon him? Who are they talking about? Why did David talk about his son, a future son of his, and call him Lord? And the scribes and the Pharisees, you know, all they can say, well, they're talking about Messiah. They didn't know. They were looking at him. I don't know if Jesus fully knew. But it was stirring in him. It was at work in him. And mom and dad come finally after three days and find him. And, and he's like just surprised. He said, yeah, yeah, they invited me to stay. You know, I mean, it's my father's house. And, and Joseph is silent as far as the scripture goes. He's not, he's not protesting, you know. Maybe Joseph understood. I'm here as a steward over this young man's life but he's not mine. When Kendra was a very little girl, I'm sure you don't remember this, honey. Um, I was tucking her in bed one night. She's about four or three years old, and I said to her, Honey, you don't belong to me. And she, and she broke into tears. And I thought, oh, oh, I know. What I mean is, honey, uh, you, you are my daughter. You are my daughter. I'm, I'm your dad. But, but you belong to God. Yeah. <laughs> Trauma. You know, I pray for inner healing, my, my poor daughter. <laughs> anyway, so there's Jesus, and, and mom and dad come, and he says, didn't you know I had to be in dad's house? I mean, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I had to be about my father's business. This is stirring in me, and, and I, you know, I want to be, I want to, you know, begin to get up and do what, and, and, and he didn't. It says he went home, and he submitted himself to his parents. And he waited. He hid all that. He hid his glory. And he waited until John was baptizing. And they both were probably at age 30 and, and uh, the time when a priest would assume his, his, his ministry. And, and John was preparing the way, so he went and he was baptized. And the Holy Spirit took him into the wilderness. And then he comes out in the power of the wilderness. So I'm just asking you this morning, are you baptized you can say out loud yes or no. Are you baptized? Are you ba have you been water baptized? Yes. Now, now, if you were sprinkled as a child and, that, and your faith believes that that counts, then you know, be it unto you according to your faith, okay? I'm not going to say you have to be uh, immersed if you've been um, um, sprinkled. Um, you know, there's, uh, <laughs> there was a Baptist and a Presbyterian and a... Uh, and a, I don't know, Lutheran, and, and they were talking about baptism, and, and, the, and, the, and have you heard this joke? And, the, and they're, talking, they're talking to the Baptist. Have you heard this joke? <laughs> Three preachers walked into a bar. No, I'm only kidding. And, and so, and so, the, so, the, the, so the, uh, 
the Presbyterian says, so let me see, let me see. Um, so you're saying if, if, I, if, I, if I put my foot in this far, I'm not really baptized because I'm not fully immersed. Because that's what the word baptism means, immersed. That's why we immerse, because that's what it means. Um, and, the, and the Baptist says, nope, doesn't count. I say, okay, how about if up to my waist? Does that count? Nope, that doesn't count. Okay, up, up, to, up to here, does it count? Nope, that doesn't count. Okay, what if it's all the way up, but not quite the top of my head? It didn't go in. He said, nope. Okay, so I have to cover the top of my head. Yep. Okay, so if I just sprinkle, so you said what really matters is that I sprinkle some water on the top of my head. No, it's not enough. Well, anyway, anyway, I was sprinkled as a child. My dad was a pastor, but um, when I really committed my life to Jesus Christ, I wanted to be baptized, and there was a group of us. And <clears throat> we, we were in college, and we'd only been there a couple months. We didn't know a lot of people, and, and um, it's... Uh, well, maybe it was a summer. I don't know. Uh, um, anyway, um, so we knew this a man that loved Jesus Christ. He was a pastor of a little church. And we said, hey, would you baptize us? He said, absolutely. So one, one of our friends uh, was a local he, and uh, lived out in the country. It was either him or his grandfather. I don't know. Had a farm. He had a pond on it. We said, hey, we'll all, Saturday, we'll all go out to the pond. And everybody who wants to can be baptized. So we go out there and look at the pond. Now, now some ponds look really nice. They're really clean. And, you know, you, you, you have a nice bottom to it. You know, this was not that way it was it was it was a muddy hole that had water muddy water in it and and this young pastor was in a three-piece suit you know his shoes were, shoes were all shined he never blinked an eye he walked right out into that <laughs> he walked out into that pond and he called for us to come and he stood there and he wept as he put each one of us under the water, bring us up, and he, would, he was weeping for the love of Jesus Christ. Baptism counts, brothers and sisters, everywhere in the world today. This Sunday, the scripture, the lectionary reading is the baptism of our Lord. Because he was baptized, because he preceded you into the water, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And just like we have the rights as a U.S. citizen, the privileges and the rights accorded us, the Bill of Rights, the U.S. Constitution, the freedoms accorded us, so you have the rights along with the responsibilities of this book. So this morning when the Holy Spirit was stirring in us and I, I came up here and I was saying, arise and open your mouth and sing, you are making decrees. And for all that the enemy speaks and, and whispers and all the negativity, open your mouths, brothers and sisters, and begin to declare what the word of God says is true. Kay was sick for months and she said, I began to confess that I am healed by the blood of Jesus. And she'd say it over and over and over. My gosh, I got to quit. I'm reading a story, a book uh, Rob McAfee gave me, Healing the Wounded Soul. And it's just full of stories. This person came through horrible life, uh, abuse and neglect and uh, drugs and et cetera, all that. Got saved over a period of years began to realize that they had the power and authority to speak what God's word says is true instead of just believing the lies from their wounded soul. 
and, and the lady is ministering in prisons a lot. And she was ministering in prison and then inviting people to come up for prayer. And, and she had a word of knowledge uh, over this lady that was in front of her um, and said, um, somebody has gotten into your stuff. And the lady said, yeah, correction officer here got into my property box and stole something very important, precious to me. And, and then he heard the word words, and he said, and you've been speaking words um, um, of anger about that person. And the lady said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he, and, and he said, um, God wants to heal your tooth, but you need to forgive that guard. And you need to stop speaking negative. And she did. And she prayed for her, and she got enamel formed immediately. She had an immediate healing. And, and shared her testimony with the whole, I don't know how many ladies there were there. And said, now, how many of you have been abused, hurt, neglected, um, treated wrongly? Every, you know, everybody raises their hand. How many of you have been speaking negatively and, and, and vengeful things? And, and same hands. Will you forgive God? How many of you, oh, how many of you have teeth problems? All over the place, teeth problems. I think it's a common thing in prison because they're not given the opportunity for proper dental hygiene, but also there's this, there's this um, negative speaking and, and uh, um, there's a lot of uh, abuse and, and, and negativity and blame. She said, if you'll forgive, God will, God's going to heal people here today. But I want you to forgive. People all over that room were healed. Their teeth, people felt new teeth coming in, Emmanuel, enamel being, being present. Um, just story after story like that. Listen, Jesus was anointed, and so are you. Believe what the Holy Spirit says about you to be true as a citizen of the kingdom. Would you, re would you bless you, would you read this? Would you open your bulletin? Would you read this prayer with me? It's just one of the prayers that was in the book. And then, um, and then Ian and Connor and Andy and Monica are going to come up. If you guys want to come up, come on up. You can read it later. You want to come up, get, get those guitars out. Jesus came out of the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit, and when he returned to Nazareth, he was given the scroll of Isaiah and read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Would you start right there, and let's read together, please. Go. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, and he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Powerful. Let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I believe that even now you are healing me of every wound in my soul that is driving me to sin, that is determining who I am and controlling what I say. I believe every wound that is causing my emotions to be unbalanced is being healed. I decree that you are healing every wound in me that is ruining my relationships, sabotaging my finances, and making me physically sick, and even opening me up to demonic attack. I also believe that any long-term illnesses 
that I have been suffering from are going to finally be healed as you prosper me in health, even as my soul is prospered. I thank you, Lord, for the amazing victory you are bringing me now. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. And, and lest we brush it off and say, well, you know, I'm not really into name it and claim it or whatever, lest we minimize that, let me just say, we don't know what God will do, but we know what God can do. All right, so we speak in agreement with what God can do, and then we let him do what he will do. We're going to praise him and thank him anyway. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right, so here's what we're going to do. You've been listening to the New Covenant Fellowship Sermon Podcast. If God spoke to you, or if you'd like us to pray for you, you can email Pastor Nick directly at nick at newcovenantokc.org. If you'd like more information about our church, you may visit us on the web at newcovenantokc.org. We can't wait to hear from you.